0: Once again, everybody, ladies, gentlemen, fanatics of all ages, welcome to your semi-weekly winter check-in of Phillies Therapy. My name is Paul Boyer, joined as always by The Athletics, Matt Gelb. We are here in the middle of December, post-winter meetings where not a whole lot happened. Phillies barely did anything. Uh, They did give manager Rob Thompson an extension, which is nice. Apart from that, nothing really happening. Shohei Otani went to the Dodgers in case you missed that. Not sure how, but if we broke news there, you're welcome. Phillies were never a serious player there. Unlike their last few off seasons where we've become spoiled, I guess, in a good way by the regular addition of a star or superstar, really every off season before 2019, right? We have Harper coming in in 2019. We have Real Muto. We have Zach Wheeler coming in before 2020. You can count the Future truth of stardom with the Jose Alvarado trade. if That's the way you want to play that. Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos, Trey Turner. It's just been a succession of big name acquisitions. And that's probably at least the way things are looking right now. Not happening this year. Some early thoughts of trades may or may not come together. Obviously, the Phillies weren't in play for the big fish in Otani. They're probably not going to be in for Yoshinobu Yamamoto and on and on and on. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let's welcome in my counterpart, Matt Gelb, the athletic, back from Nashville, back from the winter meetings where not a whole lot happened, and you just had to come up with ways to stay entertained, and I'm I'm sure you did that. Matt, how are you? How are you feeling?
1: I'm great, Paul. Uh, The last time the winter meetings were in Nashville, Mm -hmm. uh, the Phillies made one move, I believe, and They signed a guy who was the only major league contract they gave out that offseason. So while this offseason does seem, you know, a bit anticlimactic compared to recent offseasons, let's not forget that they once went an entire winter by signing one major league contract, and that was David Hernandez, to a one-year, I think it was like a $4 million contract, uh, and that was the only guy they signed that entire offseason. Was that 2014? It was Klintak's first... It was the, it was the first off-season of, of McPhail Klintak. So it was between uh, 15 and 16.
0: Between 15 and 16. Okay, because my guess was going to be Jim R. Gomez. Anyway, David Hernandez, there's a guy to remember. David I'll Hernandez. file that away for immaculate grid purposes. Yeah, no, uh, so I guess it's something in the air at Nashville then, huh? We can blame Tennessee for this? I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just not a lot going on, Matt. I, I think there was always this... At least larger than the last couple of years, this feeling that things might be a little quieter, um, that things might not come together. People were so locked in on Trey Turner last year to see him eventually get signed. It was almost like manifesting that. And then, of course, we, we went over some of the names from previous years. It was just acquisition after acquisition. It's just star after star after star you almost couldn't talk yourself fully out of being in the otani sweepstakes but like that was you know 0.5 percent whatever um less than and it, that. yeah less than that and it just doesn't look like uh, barring an interesting trade which i guess could always happen you can't really count dave dombrowski out from doing you know anything for the rest of the winter and there's still the thought that there's going to be an outfield pickup and you know a middle relief ish pickup that's probably still what we're looking at here. It's not as if a lot has changed from the outset of the offseason. It doesn't look like there's going to be another starting pitcher pickup. Really, it looks like what we're what we're staring down right now is the most interesting news of the offseason could be potentially that the Phillies and Bryce Harper's camp come together for a contract extension five years into his $13 million deal. I when news came out that You know, Scott Boris is talking to media folks and and it's like, yes, Bryce wants to finish his career in Philadelphia, which I think we kind of knew that. Uh, But they want to talk about adding a couple of years onto this deal already. It's interesting and I don't really mind it because he's given so much. But Matt, what why now? What what is what is the deal with it? Why are we timing this a third of the way through his mega deal?
1: Well, for, can I just go back to one thing you said before oh, that, sure. really quick? Oh, of course. Like, I do want to confl- i don't want to conflate like them not star shopping with them being done for the off season because mm. I, I don't think they are done in any way. Okay. No. Sure. I mean, like, I think they have roughly, uh, roughly twenty-ish million in AAV, basically. You know, twenty million and twenty twenty-four dollars, uh-huh. um, to spend. Uh, and I do think that they will make moves. I I don't know that they'll happen before the new year. Uh, I do think that they're waiting out different markets, uh, specifically the reliever market, where there there are quite a few types that fit them. You know, kind of a middle reliever type who could be a setup man if you squint. Um, hmm. I think they're waiting for those guys to be on one year deals. I think um, you know they're shopping likely a tier below. Let's say the first tier is Josh Hader. He's kind of in a tier of his own. Yeah. And the next tier is something like Robert Stevenson and Jordan Hicks. Okay. Right. Okay. And yes. I think they're shopping the tier below that. Um, and there's some interesting guys there that that would fit. Uh, and then with regards to the outfield, I do think they're looking at different uh, fourth outfield types, maybe more utility types who can play some center field or or can play the outfield and also play some other positions so that, you know, they wouldn't necessarily be blocked if, you know, Rojas and Marsh do seize, you know, sort of everyday roles. Um, so, I, I do not think they're done. I think they're done making the big moves. I think, I don't think they're done f- filling out this roster. I think this roster will have at least two more major league contracts, uh, before the off season's over. So, okay. Just might not be, Might it might take a little bit of time and it might not be a big name.
0: Yeah. Right. I'm being, but we've
1: seen, but I mean like that, you know, we're, we're on the roster connected right now. And it's, it's basically those roster spots, you know, yeah. from 19 to 26, essentially. Right. On your 26 man roster. And, Um, I I, I do think they've taken some restraint this off season and um, it's not the worst approach when you have a, you know, very much a top heavy roster and that is what they are. Uh, And I do think the edges of the roster stand to improve. And I, and I do think that they can, um, they can make some meaningful gains there. Well, sure. And
0: that's where you need to make, to look those gains when you get to this point of the off season, when you know, you're not really going to be in the mix for the top talent. And it's not as urgent that you add that top talent. That's, you know, obviously, not to say that you wouldn't love to have Shohei Otani or, or or a Yamamoto or you know anybody of the that caliber on your team. Sure, okay, it's a, <laughs> pump the brakes a little, but it is a good spot to be in where you feel like there's less of an impetus to really go out and have to take from the top of the pool. Um, you know, we have become so conditioned to just you know star after star, feeling like it's just we should be in the mix for everybody and really in a a pro labor perspective. Yes, they should be in the mix for everybody. They make enough money. Um, But it is a good spot to be in where you only really now have to focus on those fringy spots, I guess, by definition, you have to think about them. You know, there was some thought that, at least from the fan side, somebody like a Tyler O'Neill might've been interesting prior to him getting shipped off to Boston. Wow, I accidentally just rolled into that almost pun right there. Please forgive me for that. Uh, At least I didn't say shipping (laughs) up. I really just kind of flowed into that one. Uh, But that's the kind of thing we're looking at right now. And that's fine. You know, like I think there are some people who are a, a little bit, a little bit impatient about the way the last two years have ended and thinking that there needs to be more of an impactful move or series of moves to this roster to get them over the hump. And that's just not really, that's not really what you need right now. If you make the NLCS two years in a row, You come within one game of making the World Series for the second game in a row. You win 90 games during the regular season and return, you know, whatever the percentage is of this roster, the vast majority of this roster. That's a that's a good spot to be. And you don't need to overhaul for overhaul's sake if the move doesn't make sense. And the way the market is materializing, the way the trade candidates look right now, like it doesn't make sense to really just upheave a lot of the roster simply to make a move like it wouldn't give you that that big lift that just simply upgrading the the bottom end of the roster could make. So you're saying they're not going to sign Jock Peterson? You know, I am <laughs> I am perplexed by this because as soon as I saw, you know, its words started getting out that he made that that Instagram post with him getting noogied by the fanatic and saying, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia or whatever. I texted you and I'm like, "So Jock Peterson was not the guy I was expecting." And you're just like, I had no idea about this. until they hadn't, even, ta- yeah, they hadn't even talked Yeah, they around
1: the lobby and right. I'm just like, so wait a minute.
0: What is happening here? The post is still up as we're recording here on Monday morning. And there's just been no like context given to that, that I've seen. I, I Nobody knows why he did that. Nobody understands why maybe to get a rise out of Philly fans. I, I don't know, but he's not with, he hasn't signed with the Phillies. And as far as you know, they still haven't talked. The camps haven't yeah, talked. Yeah, I
1: don't think they're interested. No yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I don't understand.
0: Like that's the kind of news we're dealing with this off season. It's just Jock Peterson question mark, and apparently not. All
1: right. So sorry for taking you off the you know for derailing you for a minute. But your your question was why now? Yes. With regards Harper. to this Bryce Harper uh, thing. Uh, I have some thoughts, and okay, the the biggest the, if you really want to know why now it's because Manny Machado renegotiated his contract before last season. Mm. And if you'll recall, like, what do we remember about that off season that I think a lot of us, including me have chosen to forget about, um, (laughs) you know, the months and months of speculation and really, you know, the Otani stuff the other day was crazy because everyone was hypersensitive, but like that was like, there was like three and a half months of that, that off season with Harper and Machado was not an enjoyable experience for someone like me. And, um, one of the things that happened that that offseason was that Manny Machado and his representative Dan Lozano, they they negotiated an opt out clause in, in Machado's deal. And essentially that opt out wasn't a threat to leave. It was more than anything, a th- you know, a chance to renegotiate.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Manny Machado got a lot more money out of it. If you recall, and this was a big deal, Bryce Harper in his conversations with the Phillies, um, specifically John Middleton, you know, made it quite clear in the process that he did not want an opt out clause. You know, he wanted to pick a team and be done with it and not have this thing happen again, where he has, you know, has to go through free agency again and goes through this whole process. He did not want to opt out. He wanted to commit. And it's funny because I remember talking to Phillies people at the time. They're like, we we couldn't tell if he was being serious. Like, we, is, hmm. is he real with this? Like, this doesn't seem like something his 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 um, his agent or his advisors would, would tell him to say or do. Um, but Harper was serious about it. And in the end, they signed a 13 year contract that included no opt outs. Uh, I think that Scott Boris would like a chance to opt out without an opt out <laughs> clause right now. Oh, great. And yeah, this did not come of any surprise to the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, John Middleton, uh, you know, has made it clear that he, you know, he wants Bryce Harper to finish with the Phillies. And I, I, I think this is less about Bryce Harper finishing his career with the Phillies. Cause I think, um, barring something you know totally unforeseen that is going to happen. Right. Um, I think this is more about Bryce Harper making more money between now and then, or at least Scott Boris getting more money between now and then for his client. And I don't know. Um, you know, you're talking about a situation that is – almost unprecedented here. Probably unprecedented. I mean, even Dave Dombrowski, who, I would think so. Yeah. You know, he's been in this, in this sport for a long, long time. And I don't know exactly how many years it is. I apologize, Dave. And I know you're not listening. Uh, <laughs> he said, you know, last week that uh, he's never renegotiated a major league contract, it, it, or, you know, and it, with, with, with multiple years left on the deal. Right. Mm. Um, not, not somebody who's in his walk year or something where you're, you're negotiating an extension. Uh, he's never done anything like that, and he did not sound particularly interested in doing something like that, as he shouldn't. Um, right from the Phillies' standpoint, um, sure, you don't want to mess with your star player, your the face of the franchise, your ambassador, your uh, conduit to the fans, to the rest of the industry, to other players. No, you don't. Um, but part of the agreement here, when the Phillies made this agreement, was that. They they gave Bryce Harper 330 million and then Bryce in return gave them no opt-out and and earning it over a 13 year span to help build a better team around him. Yeah. And while we're talking about, you know, how there's going to be relative inactivity for the Phillies for the remainder of this offseason, there is one massive, massive piece of business for them to still uh get to. And I don't think they'll get to it, or at least really seriously get to it until the spring. But that's negotiating with Zach Wheeler. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, if you look at the cost of starting pitching and high end starting pitching of late, um, even if you have a guy in Wheeler who is quite content to remain with the Phillies, likes the Phillies, likes the people around him, loves Aaron Noel, loves Caleb Cotham, all these things, you're still going to have to pay a a decent sum for him. You know, even if it's in a shorter term. Uh, and so all of a sudden, if you're adding on five to 10 million more onto Bryce Harper's annual salary, it's going to start making things a little more difficult. Um, you, you know, Zach Wheeler's salary after 2024 probably starts with a three.
0: Uh, Somewhere yeah. around there,
1: like it's probably 30 million at least, right? Yeah, per three, year. three years, 30 three million 30. a year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is like that, that I don't know. Is that too cheap? Uh, is that too much? I I don't know. I mean, he's. You know, give me mid thirties, but he's also, you know, demonstrated that he uh, has found a way to age well as a pitcher. So all these different things, uh, you know, lead me to believe that look, Scott Boris was talking to one guy huh. and one guy only the other, you know, last week when he was in, in Nashville and, it's, and and even as these little like rumblings have come out, um, you know, he's talking to John Middleton. Yep. And, yep. you know, I've written very little about this topic because I I, I just don't think it is a priority for the Phillies. And that's not to insult Bryce Harper or Scott Boris, but um, I think they have more pressing business. I think they have more relevant business. Um, And I don't even know what this would look like. Do you rip up the remainder of this contract and then come up with a new term with more money? I don't know why the Phillies would do that. Why should they do that?
0: That there's no reason for them to do that other than, you know, just sort of like a retroactive reward for what Harper did over his first five years. But I guess that's what the remaining eight are for, you
1: right. know, like, again, I would I, literally be paying for, I mean, not to say that Harper is going to be, a, isn't going to be a productive player for, you know, the next several years, but right. you'd be literally paying for past performance. And I just don't know. That's not good business. This is not good business. And that, and Look, Like, it's not like they're, you know, is he underpaid, I guess, but like, again, you know, he did get 330 million over 13 years and it's one of the biggest contracts in the history of the sport, you know, and, and not, you know, every player isn't
0: created the same for sure. And situations are different and renegotiating something or, or adding an extension on when you have, you know, seven or eight years guaranteed already remaining again, no opt out. I, that has to be unprecedented, you know? post arbitration you know we're not talking about somebody who's 23 24 just entering the 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 prime money-making years of their career and getting a long-term deal you know this isn't jackson churio um this is something that i don't i don't really understand the timing like i get it from a pure money perspective i understand why that's what it is it's it's all about the money right and so if this is serious and they're really like Planning to maybe turn the screw a little bit. I would hope there's at least a little bit of patience to let this wait until next winter at least, because, like you said, there's a lot of other stuff that has to get taken care of. Namely, Zach Wheeler, who will be a free agent as things currently stand after this year. Uh, the bullpen is going to start, you know, developing some holes. You know, somebody like Matt Strom is going to be up for free agency. Sir Anthony Dominguez, you don't know how healthy he's going to be or how effective he's going to be. He'll have an option. That'll come up and all of a sudden you have, you know, these spots that need addressing. If you're tacking on, uh, you know, tax threshold AAV to Harper's deal, which is already taking up, you know, 25 million and change again. Yes. Relatively underpaid for what he's giving you now, five years past and given the rest of, you know, the landscape and what's coming around, the timing doesn't, it, it doesn't work. I would be okay if they did something. I'd be like, fine, like whatever. What, no? like, what, uh, really? like what? I don't know. I mean, twenty thirty two isn't a real year, as far as I'm concerned. Sitting here in twenty twenty three, it's not real. It is not a year that is going to happen. I don't have, I don't have a concept in my mind for what twenty thirty two is going to look like. But if I could stretch things out a little bit, I, I would guess maybe you'd think about giving him money into his forties, maybe tack on, you know, three years. Bring the last couple years of his deal up in real money with the rest of them because there's a little bit of of like, I guess you could call it middle loading or front loading. The last couple years of his deal are a couple million dollars less than this middle stretch that he's in right now. Bring that up, tack on a couple more, pay him until he's 41, 42. I I don't know. That's crazy from a couple of perspectives. Yes, it is Bryce Harper. He is different. And I think that's what makes this even a remote possibility right now that we're even entertaining this. It would be insane for just about any other player to, to really think about this. But even though it's Bryce Harper, we know that his back is starting to annoy him right here in his early 30s. It's, it's a potentially recurring problem that hopefully will be lessened by playing first base a little bit. We'll have to see how that goes. He's got a reconstructed throwing arm and is now you know going to be playing first base for the foreseeable future moving forward. His body is something to watch. It's something to keep an eye on. It hasn't kept him out of a full season, and it hasn't, you know, diminished him to the point of being really anything less than still a star hitter. But as you get into your late 30s as a baseball player, time catches up to you. There are so few players who completely avoid the effects of aging, no matter what they do to stay in shape, no matter how well they take care of themselves. That is the age range that starts to get hairy for baseball players. Add on to that, the fact that there's a little bit of scar tissue from the early renegotiation of the Ryan Howard deal years ago. You look at what just happened in Detroit with Miguel Cabrera getting an extension a couple of years before his original deal was set to expire. And then he just, you know, literally and figuratively limped to the finish line of that deal. It just doesn't seem like the right idea. I get that this is... Something that an agent can leverage where you have somebody who is reaching sort of a confluence of points, right? You have somebody who is beloved in the community, who has delivered huge, massive hits and moments for this team already in his first five years, but who might also see some of that writing start to get into focus on the wall here, where his body might, you know, start to give out on him in a few years. And this could be a last chance to really tack on some really big money to what is, yes, already a big deal. But money is money, man. If you can tack on another three years to this somehow, whatever the the hypothetical he has in his mind, and I'm sure he has some kind of figure in his mind. If you can raise up the last couple of years of this, this current deal, tack on a couple more, uh, eight figure numbers, whatever they look like. Hey man, maybe this is your shot to shoot. You know, this is, this is a prize pig in your portfolio. You know, Bryce Harper only comes around once every 25 years and maybe you land him as a client. Well, hey, here you go. Maybe that's what he's doing. I, I get it. I yeah. think that I think yeah. it's a little loopy from a fan perspective. Be like, uh, sure. OK, but maybe that's what's happening here. It's, it's
1: all speculation, but maybe that's what's happening. So so your your view on this is something that I would be I would be if I'm the Phillies and, and, and I'm me and it's not my money, I'd be totally OK with this. You want to tack yeah. on two years? Yeah. Fine. But I don't think that's what they want.
0: Probably not. I, and I understand I why they, they want to
1: redo the whole thing. And that is not something that I would. Oh, be oh you from at all.
0: Bryce's perspective? Oh, yeah. No, they, they're mm, they no. want to
1: redo the whole thing.
0: So it's funny. It's like, remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about like Salvador Perez and like these, these guys who become fixtures of an organization and it becomes clear that they are, you know, underpaid in, in Perez's case. You know, I think I was using this in the context of Ozzy Albies. Um, this is, this is not that we have obviously the connection to the community and now he's becoming a pillar of the franchise for sure. But, but yeah, why, why would the Phillies do that? There's no, there, there's no reason for them to do that.
1: And look like tacking on two more years or three more years at 27 per year. Um, fine. Great. Because at that point, 20, we believe at the way the sport is headed and the way money is heading and the world is heading that, that $27 million salary in 2032 and 2033 and 2034 um, would, you know, be a small portion of the payroll or would yeah. not be, you know, and again, he'd be 40. So you'd certainly, you know, you would almost certainly be paying more than you should, um, for a 40 year old DH, probably at that time. Do we still have designated hitters in 2033? Probably. Um, actually, the entire team is a designated hitter at that time. Yeah, point right. In 2033, they have robots playing the field. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I would be, I found the Phillies out. I, I would, you know, you, you talked about leverage, Paul. I don't, the Harper's Camp doesn't have any leverage. <laughs> I mean, they have zero leverage right now. They have zero leverage. They did not have an opt out in the deal. And, for the Phillies to give them to open a window to renegotiate. um, They, they are not, uh, they're not required to do that. And I totally understand you want to keep this guy happy. And I don't think by any, I don't think there's any, I don't think he's unhappy um, indications that he's not happy. No, Um, I I think he'd like to win a world series. And I, I think that he is acutely aware of how important it is to, you know, build a strong roster around him and how his number, you know, does affect how they can do certain things and to the Phillies credit and Bryce's credit too. I mean, when they negotiated this deal was a different regime, but they said, and Bryce looked at John Middleton as the story goes and said, look, if I'm going to stretch this out to 13 years, you know, you have to promise to uphold your end of the bargain. And Middleton says, yes, we will. We will build a competitive roster around you. We will go get other star players. And they have, they have done that. Yes, they have (laughs) very clearly. They have done that. Now, Uh, there's a limit to that stardom and that's, you know, Dave Dombrowski has been talking a lot about that this off season about how, you know, you can't have a roster consists of solely star players, but, um, if, if Bryce's number went up, um, for the, for the remainder of the contract, that, that would start to affect, I think some things that they can do. And in the end, you know, they have, they are going to have a top five payroll again in the sport. Uh, and, it's not as if they are I don't I don't know that they're being cheap here. Like I, I don't I don't know. This 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 is like this is a high powered agent trying to, you know, I, I think John Middleton probably said some things on the record that he shouldn't have said and that and, and maybe that's compromised some <laughs> of his leverage. Uh, maybe. Um, and that's saying that he's underpaid, that Bryce is underpaid. Yeah. Um but nevertheless, like that no one is no one is required to reopen this contract.
0: No. I mean I if I squint I can see a future where, you know, Harper continues to uphold his accommodating reputation uh, by utilizing this as an opportunity to, yes, get more money. But in the meantime, maybe there's a way to create this new deal that that lowers the current AAV, right? So that you guarantee a little more money, but it also helps with the tax purposes. Like you could see.
1: Oh, I didn't think about that.
0: You could see, you know, yes. I
1: think that that's... uh...
0: I know it's you really have to you really have to try hard to see something like
1: that happen. But I don't but think that's what the I don't think that's what Team Boris would want. Like Team no, Boris would know. want, you know, the higher, you know, a bigger number. Yeah, maybe I.
0: it just needs to it needs to wait. And I am so thrown, even though, yes, it is Scott Boris. The only thing I could come up with is, you know, the 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 ticking time bomb theory, which is, again, pure speculation on my part, that. It, this could be a last chance to grab a little bit more with, with a, a generational talent because sure, if you're a team, doesn't that give you a yeah, lot of pause? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like that's just, I don't know. It, it, I don't, I don't think it happens. It needs to wait, you know, apart from Wheeler, like there are other guys you want to take care of too. Like there's other business to just handle. Like m- maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe you want to think about giving Ranger Suarez a couple of, uh, you know, guaranteed a couple of years, like not that he's somebody who would really, you know, take up a magnificent chunk of a total payroll, but like there are other things to address. And it feels like with an eight year window, essentially, which is what we're looking at here, that this can wait and should wait and hopefully wouldn't have, you know, negative
1: Relational impact, I can't see how it would. I don't I, I don't see how your, your proposal it. Like, to me is the only rational thing I've heard so far, and that is that the last three years of his contract in real money, and it, this does not affect the AAV, right? Because it was 330 over 13, and the AAV is what it is 25, you know, 0.5, yeah. whatever yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah. The last three years of the deal in real money are $4 million less than yeah. the other deal, the other years of the contract, right? Okay, you want to add 12 million there, and then you want to add three years at 27 and a half per year onto the deal. That gets them to age 41. You want to do that? Fine. There you go. Right. I mean, is <laughs> uh, that sure? I, sure. Whatever. Does that yes. make everybody happy? Uh,
0: I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't that know would what be that
1: is. would be. 27 and a half times three plus another 12. That would be another 94 and a half million dollars. Does that make everybody happy? Like I, I think so. I don't know. Rice into you know guaranteed money into into his forties.
0: At a certain point it's gonna turn into the Albert Pujols personal services contract because there is going well, to that's come going a time. To
1: be, yeah, I mean that yeah, that's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, I mean there there's gonna come a time where Harper can't play anymore. It's just fact of life. We we all reach an age where we can't play anymore. And I don't know that Bryce thinks that that's gonna. Happen. I, I'm sure he's he like, I give him a
1: ton of credit for that because he's 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 said it like on the record and and even just in passing like he wants to play until he's like 45 like and he's convinced that he can do it. Maybe he can.
0: Jamie Moyer out here inspiring the next generation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, look. It it would be. I I almost feel like I'm I'm casting a rain cloud over this whole thing just thinking about it the way I am. It it would be great to have this true foundation of a franchise playable, enjoying himself still in his life in the Philadelphia area with his family his his oldest son would be in high school by that point, I would think. Oh my God. um, yeah, yeah, like maybe that's just you know, is that the eventual cost of doing business for for what is a mega star talent who has come in and delivered everything you could have hoped for? short of actually securing the title, which again, it's a full team game. This does not lie at Bryce Harper's feet. Uh, really everything you, you could have hoped for from the first five years. Is that the cost of business? Kind of. I mean, yeah. Like with Miguel Cabrera, for example, who also did not win a title with the Tigers. We see that. We see that happen. You know, like it, it can happen. So again, not my money. It just seems like a little, it's just a little weird. It would be unprecedented. It would be strange. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is just the exception to the rule. Like he's always been.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think the way the Phillies look at it is that there's just so many other things that they are just care more about right now. And that's not to underplay Bryce Harper, but he signed a contract and it's a very big contract and it, and they know he knows how they feel about him and they know how he feels about them. And you know. Again, I, I look at I. this is a lot of this. I think stems from Manny Machado having an opt out.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, all right. So there you go. So it goes. I mean, yeah, th- that's why it needs to wait at least a year. Like, hopefully this is just planting seeds because because there's no rush. It's not there's not there shouldn't be any rush. But that's what we're talking about this offseason. You know, we don't really have much else going on right now, at least as far as. You know non-jock Marshall peterson meetings. things are concerned yeah like there's there isn't a whole lot happening and i don't think you know in the couple of days since the winter meetings have expired um that you've gotten uh the impression that anything else is necessarily all that close they're probably still waiting for more of the market to filter out right correct yeah yeah so i mean
1: they're no they're not they're just they're not in on any of the bigger guys and mm-hmm. and i i understand why and it might be frustrating for people but um, I get it. And like one of the things, Paul, I think that was interesting to me at the meetings and talking to um, agents and people from different teams mm-hmm. um, was a lot of people were, were really kind of like scratching their head uh, regarding the Braves right now. And OK, I look at the Braves and, you know, they they return most of their roster. It's an extremely good team. Sure. We, you know, we know this. Um There <laughs> yes, are some <laughs> pitching, you know, questions and. You know the biggest acquisition they've had on the pitching side so far was Reynaldo Lopez, who is a reliever that they're going to try to make into a starter again. Mm. And you know what's interesting is that by you know and these, these these calculations change because um, you know they're sort of a living, breathing thing when you're calculating payroll for the luxury tax. But right now the Braves have a higher payroll than the Phillies do, um, and I think oh, they wow. have a less complete roster than the Phillies do. Uh, and and I think there are some questions in the industry about how much the Braves have left to spend, and you saw them in the last ten days do some of these weird, um, almost like financial gymnastics transactions, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of moving money around for like bit pieces, um, kind of messing with some payroll stuff, not necessarily getting that much better, uh, depending on how you feel about Jared Kelnick. Um, And I don't know how much they have left to do um, in terms of money and spending. And so I do think they have another move up their sleeve. They're not, it does not sound like they're on Dylan Cease uh, as, as maybe as, as everyone thought they would be. Okay. Um, You know, they were bidding on different players, but I think their offer for Nola was not, maybe not as good as, as we thought it was. At least that's what two different people told me. And I was like, eh, okay. Okay. Um, so like in I years
0: or, or just, I think package. in dollars. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so I, I'm really curious to see what happens for the remainder of the Braves off season. Cause I look at them right now and on paper, I think they are still better than the Phillies, but I think the gap is smaller. And I, I, want to see what these rosters look like come spring training because uh i don't know i mean i i I really wonder what the braves do with their pitching and um you know right now their projected rotation is strider and freed and morton and Uh then elder and Reynaldo lopez and behind Uh them is you know not 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 much right you know the aj smith is you know probably a, a a factor again and um we saw some guys come up and down for them but um I think they need a little more there. And I know that they were, you know, looking at different starting pitching options, but um, they're really interesting to me. So like in the context, like let's, let's make sure you take a step back and look at, you know, compare the Phillies to, you know, the rest of the league, I guess, for example. And obviously the Dodgers have done something huge here with Otani. I do think they're going to trade for tower glass now um, in the near future. Wow. Um, The Dodgers are going to load up the giants. Like I, you know, I don't know. They're trying to get somebody to take their money. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, this is a couple of years straight now where they're
0: having trouble. You know, dishing out checks big enough. But go the ahead. The
1: Cardinals have constructed this bizarre Frankenstein rotation. Um, the Brewers are impossible to to, to tell like what they're going to do. It's are they going to keep Corbin Burns? Like I kind of think so. Um, really, but but maybe not it depends on if somebody comes in with a good offer like they'd move them it sounds like uh the mets are kind of just like humming around the edges right now they're definitely interested in yamamoto um i i would i would be surprised if the yankees don't sign yamamoto at this point i, I think he's gonna be yankee okay um but could be really wrong on that so you look at the rest of the national league and you're just kind of like yeah, I mean, would you like to see the Phillies get even better? Yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, I I think they're going to go into the season with one of the best rosters in the National League, and I think they're going to give themselves also a shot to improve if needed during the season if a need arises.
0: Well, I, I'm i glad you brought this up because and, and things always change. Obviously, regular season predictions are always kind of moot because so much happens with promotion, demotion, injuries and all that. Wh- whatever. Fine. Yes. Stipulated. It really does feel right now, as we sit here mid-December, still some moves to be made, that the Phillies are within like the margin of error to the Braves. It's not going to be, it does not seem like it is going to be a 14-game split this year. The paper, the rosters, the way they're currently set up has me feeling good about the Phillies winning 90 again. And also, like you were just talking about, the Braves rotation is like, I don't know, man. There's some good stuff happening there. Spencer Strider is, you know, he is what he is. He's, he's one of the more good. dominant pitchers, you know, <laughs> but he 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 was susceptible to giving up some well, home also, runs all, last year. It's He'll also beyond away. this
1: year, too. Like, Max Freed, you know, is, is very clear. Like, he's going to free agency, right? Uh-huh. He'll be a free agent after 2024. Yep. And I think a lot of the thought in the Atlantic camp, or at least, you know, was, was let's find his replacement this year and then have a year of, you know, three guys at the top, sure. Strider freed and whoever we get, and then freed walks. And we have two guys at the top. Um, it doesn't seem like they're going to get that guy this offseason yet, but, um, yeah, I, I, I like both teams had really good injury luck last year. I think relatively.
0: Yeah. Um, the oh, Braves yeah.
1: Obviously like with the great injury, Phillies had great injury luck, had great luck, and you can't expect that to happen again. Braves had incredible injury luck with their, um, with their position player group. Um, cannot expect that to happen again so you figure there's some regression for both for both rosters there that that they should have a few more injuries that's fair um you know in 2024 but yeah I do think the gap is is tighter um and it it just you know the Phillies just can't you know totally fall on their faces in the first two months Well, sure
0: yeah it's almost as if all of their bad injury luck was encapsulated in Reese's injury yeah um I, I guess that's 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 a good transition right uh, because everything else is speculative at this point, I just I agree with you that I think the gap between the Phillies and Braves is I'm just am just
1: as I, It's like the Braves are, you know, they they made a lot of moves early in the offseason. and and I still think they have something to do, but I I don't know like if they're gonna have a if they're gonna have a big splash. Like I I don't know that I think they're kind of in the same sort of boat as the Phillies right now, and it's trying to improve on some of the edges of their roster. And when it's all said and done, I think yes, the gap is going to be is going to be smaller than it was last year, yeah. at least to start the season on paper. And we know yeah. what that means, and that means nothing, but we'll say. Right.
0: And yeah, and and I would still peg the Braves as, as preseason favorites to win the division, for sure. But the, the gap should be smaller. Um, okay, so his name came up. Let's talk about him real quick, um, because that's really just about all that's left on the docket for this offseason right now as we we sit here today. Reese Hoskins, my boy, he's not coming back to the Phillies. Uh, what's happening with him? Have you, have you had a chance to get a feel for anybody who might be interested in him, where he might be headed? Uh, my beloved boy, where, where his next destination might be.
1: I still think the Cubs are a terrific fit and I know Mm. that they've talked, but I don't think there's a lot of rush right now. I think again, um, some of these guys in the middle of the market are really just waiting for other guys to go off the board. Mm. Um, and the hitting market is, is just, is really not great. Stagnant. Um, it's yeah. like, what is Matt Chapman going to get? And and who's going to give it to him? Like, what does he get?
0: That's a good question. He's, uh, he's not going to get a mega deal, but you know what, what is the market? Right. Like, it, it, you know what he could be? He could be somebody's opportunistic signing in like late January <laughs> where we have this stalemate where it's, nobody's figured out what they can do with him. And then somebody pounces on him for like a two year pillow or something. I don't know. That probably doesn't happen, but maybe,
1: I, yeah, you know, and Cody Bellinger uh, is probably not going to get two hundred million dollars. Like, and I know that's something that, like, mm. I think is people had rumored, you know, and his camp wanted, like, because he's the best guy far and away out there out who isn't Otani. And yeah. I, you know, so after you know those some of those pieces move around, like, I think that's when a guy like Hoskins uh, comes off the board, but. I think the Cubs are a great fit for so many different reasons, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll see. I think the Tigers and the twins make sense. Um, I think a lot of it is going to depend. And I don't know that this question can be answered for Hoskins is how much first base he can play in 2024. And I think there's a little bit of like uncertainty regarding that. Um, Is he going to be a 50% DH guy, 50% first base? Is he going to be, more first base, more DH. Like, I, you know, first full year after the ACL injury, um, he wasn't exactly the most um, deft first baseman uh, before. So um, I think it depends on how teams view him and how he views himself in 2024. Um, He he feels like a January signing to me, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, everybody kind of feels like a January signing to me, but maybe with Otani going off the board and Yamamoto possibly signing before Christmas, maybe we get some clarity here.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. He, he doesn't feel like the guy who would you know, jump the market. It doesn't really feel like, you know, remember when the Philly signed Andrew McCutcheon early in the offseason prior to, uh, I guess that was prior to uh, 2019 as well, uh, or 2018. I can't remember exactly. Time flies, but time isn't real. But whenever they signed Andrew McCutcheon, it was, uh, it was a jump the market kind of situation where they didn't really wait for other possible dominoes to come off the board. And they were just like, no, we think you're a fit. Let's get you in now. And not that Reese Hoskins would even get three years like McCutcheon did back then, but it doesn't feel like anybody's really in a rush to get him. So I think that makes some sense. All right. Well, I guess that'll just about do it for this particular check-in. Probably our last one before the holidays, the end of the year, the new year, probably we'll, we'll see if anybody has anything up their sleeve between now and then. But uh, Matt, anything you'd like to get out there before we, we wrap up potentially here for, calendar year 2023 and head on into January, 2024.
1: No, I mean, I just appreciate everyone uh, listening and, and reading uh, this, this year. uh, If this is our last uh, little check-in I I really do. Like uh, it's, um, it means a lot and I know it means a lot to you, Paul. And uh, yeah, you know, this, this thing is just kind of like a little hobby for both of us. Um, Just kind of an extension of my real job and um, you know, an extension of your fandom. And Mm. uh, we have a lot of fun with it and, Uh, you know, I might not be uh, as active on social media as I used to be, but I hope uh, whoever listens also reads what I write and, uh, you know, tries to learn something new whenever I write. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all we try to do with this podcast. So appreciate the people um, who've been loyal over the years and uh, look forward to uh, some, some more stories and memories next year. That's,
0: that's beautifully said. I don't really have anything to add to that. Uh, Hopefully we keep just, you know, having more fun with this little, I hesitate to even call it a brand, but we just we just want to keep having fun with At least this. Please don't use that
1: word. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're just you know I I have little ideas that go in one ear and out the other, and maybe one of them will stick eventually. But for what this is and what we do here, yeah, it's it's exactly what the the two of us wanted when we when we started this whole thing during the lockout of the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two off season, um, and thankfully we've we've been able to hopefully entertain a few of you out there. I really, yeah, I I cannot thank everyone enough. I've tried to do so multiple times and hopefully this one reaches all of you. Thank you. Very thankful for all of you out there. And if this is indeed the last time we check in here in 2023, have a wonderful Christmas, wonderful holiday season, Uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you may celebrate out there, have a happy and safe new year. We'll see you all in 2024. If not before, but probably, probably not. I'll continue to hedge. We'll, We'll see you all in 2024. Hopefully um (laughs) uh we'll talk more baseball we'll just continue to have fun and hopefully we keep up our little mini streak of of getting to the league championship series during the life of this podcast uh we are the reason that has happened so hopefully as long as we continue to pump out episodes this team will continue to make deep playoff runs we will take all of the credit and none of the playoff share (laughs) so (laughs) thank you as always again everyone format please continue to read his stuff on the athletic.com it's really it's some of the best stuff the entire outlet publishes um yeah, don't stop it um you can continue not to read my stuff because i'm not writing anything anywhere at this moment in time you just get to listen to my dulcet tones It'll take too long to sign off from these podcast episodes so thank you everyone hopefully you enjoyed keep up the good vibes keep up the positive thoughts be nice to one another and we will check with you all in 2024. Again for Matt, I am Paul. Happy New Year. Go folks.